Hello and welcome to the Trial Lawyer Podcast, where we examine the law, being a trial lawyer, and all things affecting the trial lawyer lifestyle. My name is Gabriel White, and we have a very special episode for you today. I was given the opportunity to sit down with one of the Utah State Bar's lobbyists who is responsible for presenting the bar's view on certain issues uh, to the Utah State Legislature. As the legislative session uh, opens, actually, uh, as I record this today on Monday, the January the 23rd, um, we thought it'd be a good way for uh, lawyers to get a sense of what the bar associations do at the legislative level on their behalf. So I hope you enjoy. Also wanted to mention that this podcast is sponsored by the Law Offices of Gabriel K. White, LLC. Uh, now, <laughs> you may be wondering, uh, that's a little strange, the guy's sponsoring his own podcast, but given the amount of uh, time and energy and money that uh, is required to put these things out, I figured I was entitled to a little bit of a plug. So, hope you enjoy the interview, and... If you have any comments, please feel free to visit my website at www.saltlaketrialattorney.com. That's www.saltlaketrialattorney.com. There's a comment section there, so uh, let us know if you have any feedback. And otherwise, please enjoy the interview. Is the lobbyist hired by the bar, correct? That's right. Yep, we've been the, the bar's lobbyists for this will be our second legislative session. Okay. And um, tell me a little bit about that. I mean, I think that when most of us think of lobbying, we either imagine, you know, a bunch of old white guys sitting around at the Capitol Grill in D.C. Plenty of those. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, or, and or, you know, some sort of Remy Danton-like figure from House of Cards and working the shady deals. Sure. Tell me a little bit about what... I mean, you guys work for the bar, and a lot of our, I would say almost exclusively our listeners are members of the Utah State Bar, or mm-hmm. people who work with them. Um, tell us a little bit about what you guys do for the bar. Sure. So um, the bar has, uh, I, mean, it's, I guess the first place that you probably should start is um, the bar's legislative advocacy is determined and limited by, uh, by judicial rule. So we have a rule that um, says... We can advocate uh, on a narrow set of issues, um, those that are, affect the administration of the courts, uh, rules of procedure and evidence, uh, access to justice, and then there's kind of a catch-all that never really gets used, um, which is areas where members of the bar have particular expertise. Um, but typically where we end up uh, communicating with legislators and other policymakers is on issues that impact access to justice. So tell me what kind of, I mean, what kind of issues do you, do you, when you say access to justice, give give us some ideas. So, um, for example, there would be, it it could be a number of things. That could be funding for um, the Indigent Defense Commission, which was established last year. Um, that could be on a, on a positive thing. It could be areas where uh, counsel is needed or not needed. Um, there has been discussion about uh, raising the small claims limit. Um, so those, you know, those would be areas where where we're involved. And then, kind of the other aspects that we do as a firm, as kind of part of our service is you know we help facilitate meetings um, we had a CLE last week with members of the Office of Legislative Research and General Counsel where they talked about you know here's the process of how we work as the legislature's law firm and how you as a as a lawyer can provide input to um, to policymakers and to us to help us as 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 bills get drafted um, because you know so we we kind of see those as member services that are, it's not strictly advocacy, but it's helpful to members of the bar and, um, and helps the profession. Okay, so, but like, are you guys hired, I mean, obviously you're hired by the bar, mm-hmm. and the bar is supervised by the Utah Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. And so what level of the, I mean, 
what is the level of direction that comes from, you know, the bar president, the bar commission versus actual, uh, you know, members of the Utah Supreme Court? Yeah. So uh, we we work closely with the uh, administrative office of the court. Uh, Most most issues that impact them or where they take a position um, are issues that the bar will also take a similar position on. It very rarely turns up where um, where we are opposed. But there's a formal process for uh, the bar to take a position on a bill. Um, it's kind of a, a, a Byzantine, uh, we're trying to simplify it, but right now uh, we go through as a firm every bill that may or may not impact kind of one of those hooks that the bar can take a position on and send those to, um, there's a government relations committee and each section of the bar has a representative or has the ability to have a representative on that committee. committee. And, um, and so kind of where you see a lot of issues, you know, a lot of family law, criminal law, employment, you know, litigation. So as those issues come up, the, the section will take a look at it and then they'll present on a weekly basis. We have a, a meeting and make a recommendation. And they, you know, the recommendation could be to take no position, uh, to oppose or to support or to support with amendment. Um, and then the, and that's voted on by the committee. And the committee is public. It meets every Tuesday at noon. Uh, it started on Tuesday and ends the last week of the session. So if you guys want to come, that's a plug. Um, but the, you know, the only people who vote are uh, the actual members of the committee. And then uh, those are recommendations that go to the full bar commission. They meet weekly um, at 4 o'clock after our government relations committee and decide whether to adopt the findings of the committee. Um, if there's an issue that pops up urgently and we don't have time to wait till Tuesday, then the president of the bar can take a position on an interim basis and then it would get ratified by the whole commission at their next weekly meeting. So um, how often do issues come up that, I mean, in each session, I think you said I, I got two out of the three. Access to justice was the biggest one yeah. where it in, implicated special skills of attorneys. Yeah. And then and you never, the other, almost well, never have that one. Well, of yeah. course, no, because most, most people realize we don't actually have special skills. But what, um, what was the other one? There are two other ones. Um, two other ones. There are... Uh, Court rules, so the legislature has the ability to adopt judicial rules. Um, And so if it is a rule of evidence or procedure, then the bar can take a position on that. And then the other one is the administration of the courts. Um, So So where that would typically be... Judicial salaries? Judicial salaries, uh, whether or not to establish. um, For example, last year, Representative Sam Pei uh, successfully added a, a, a court, a judge position in the 4th District in Provo. Um, you know, so we, we would support something like that, um, and other kind of, but typically it's, it's judicial salaries. Yeah. So the big one. Yeah. And I can imagine, I can imagine that how often, I mean, I, I, my guess is that part of the reason why you're so circumscribed is because almost every issue that comes up in the legislature could impact some section or some segment of the bar and then there's going to be some other segment of the bar that's going to be opposed uh to to whatever yeah particular rule right i mean there's a lot of conflict i'm assuming that drives a lot of the that's a really big part of it i mean a good example of that would be last year uh you know a controversial bill was the um sponsored by representative schultz that would uh would have limited or eliminated non-competes right and so you have that's an area i think where actually the bar would have some some pretty strong opinions and know um and expertise on 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 being able to craft policy but you know within the employment section you have people who uh are you know more employer focused and you have people who are more employee focused so we wouldn't you know that wouldn't be a, an appropriate place for us to to take a position we basically get you get conflicted out yeah and the other thing is too i mean um the bar is a it, you know you everybody who is a member of the bar um you know you can't practice law without being a member of the bar and um and i think that there are reasons why we want to be limited into those very specific areas just to be cognizant of, of that fact. Yeah, and I, well, no, and I, I, I can definitely see, I mean, the 
predicament you would get into. I've seen in a couple of instances, I, I unfortunately I can't recall, and I was looking, trying to find online the, the specifics, um, but I, I've seen a couple of instances where sections of the bar have kind of gone it alone, yeah. and gone up and give testimony, and kind of the frustration that that causes within the bar. Yeah, and I, you know, every member of the of the bar and every, you know, every individual has obviously the right to go up and petition, um, a legislator or a committee and, and actually a section I, I should have made clear. There are issues where the bar will take a position and there will, there will be issues that where, um, the bar, it's not appropriate, but a section will ask for leave to take a position and lobby it. And we, that would be somewhere where we don't go out there and solicit. We may, you know, help facilitate something. But, um, you know, oftentimes where this really happens is with the family law section, um, they, they will ask to take it, be able to take a position, and it's not something where the whole bar does. But uh, in order to do that, they still need to get the commission's approval. So why, why the family law section? Why does that uh, seem to come up? I think they're just, uh, they're, they're well organized. Um, uh, it's, a, it's an active section, and there are a lot of family law issues, and, um, and so, I, you know. I, I don't know necessarily, but it would make, um, and I think part of it too, a lot of other issues, there are other constituencies that care. Um, and I think with family law, that's one of those areas where um, the, the, the major constituency that is going to care about a change to the law are members of the bar, right? Whereas with a, an employment issue, like a, you know, I mentioned earlier, there are, are going to be a, a, you know, a whole number of constituencies that aren't the bar that would be able to to advocate policy positions one way or another. Okay. Um, so what percentage, I mean, of your time winds up spent on issues dealing during the, leg- I mean, the legislative session, not very long. I, I'm sure it feels like an eternity, and I want to ask Seven you weeks. a little bit about that. January 23rd to March 9th this year, what percentage of your time as a lobbyist, and you are a registered lobbyist, but the, yeah. does the state require registration just like the feds do? Yeah, so you have to register. You have to take a test every year. Um, you have to say who all your clients are. Um, and then uh, if you are, for in the case of the bar, if someone is attending, um, is coming up to speak on behalf of the bar, um, you know, be that John Baldwin, the executive director, um, and he's accompanied by us, he would not have to register. Um, or if there was a section that came up and we were together, they wouldn't have to register. But, yeah, we register uh, for the bar. So, so what percentage of your time is spent on, uh, you know, working, lobbying on behalf of the bar versus other clients you may have? Yeah, I mean, um, it's hard to put a number on it. Um, a lot of what we're doing is kind of helping to tell the story of, you know, who the bar is and why we matter and, um, and it, so it would depend on the day and the issue. Um, you know, there was a last year, there was a, a bill that dealt with, um, whether or not in a guardianship cases, whether the, the, um, the adult child would need to have its own, um, his or her own representation. And, you know, so during when, as that was going through the committee, it was a substantial amount, you know, making sure. And then there are days when there aren't, uh, there aren't really issues where we have positions taken. Um, and so, you know, and, and then, but every day as we go through bills, I mean, we're doing that for all of the clients who we represent. So I, it's pretty hard to peg a, a real so number on that. what, I mean, if you were to, look, I mean, explain kind of the, the differential between um, how much of you do is, of what you do is informative. So taking information that you're learning back at the legislature and, and communicating it back to the client and vice versa, communicating stuff back versus how much is, um, I don't want to say influencing, but maybe that's, that's the right word, yeah. is trying to, trying to influence particular um, legislators or, or people in government to try and do it. I mean, what, how much of each is involved? Uh, you know, it's a lot, and it kind of depends on the issue and the time of year, right? So one of the things that we've tried to do since we got hired by the bar, um, you know, we've done a, you know, probably four or five contributed articles for the Bar Journal on 
what are the issues that are and the bar is an interesting client because it's an association and um so there's not really there's not one person who I can pick up and talk to on the phone and then I've talked to the bar right I mean you've got the commission you've got the you've got you know great staff and um and and then you have all of all of the members so we do uh you know we try and do regular communications this year we're going to try and do some kind of weekly update um on what are some hot issues that are happening um that that would impact the bar or may not be um you know that that you're you're not hearing about in the news but are something that you as attorneys should care about um and um and then kind of after the session, you know, putting together CLEs and things like that, um, we are, we'll do a post-session recap. Um, and then, but, uh, you know, we kind of look at our contract with the bar as, a, as an enhanced monitoring. So most of what we're doing is we're looking to see what's going on and, and helping people to get engaged. And then as, you know, issues come up, we'll get engaged on those um, to the degree that it makes sense. How many people at, at your firm are specifically tasked to work on the bar's account? So we have, uh, I mean, the way we kind of work is just um, there are there are four of us total um, there at our firm. There are three who are licensed attorneys. Um, and so we're the three of us, um, myself, my dad, Doug Foxley, and then Frank Pignanelli, work the, we're the three lobbyists for the bar. Um, and... Um, so yeah, but and okay. we kind of share responsibility, that, and that's how we work with with all of our clients. Typically, we don't have a person who is a lead. Um, uh, you know, there are kind of natural relationships that build, but we try and be able to. Uh, everybody knows what's going on for every issue. Okay, what are some of the the bar's legislative priorities this year? I mean, I know the session hasn't started, and I, I mean. I'm familiar with the the fact that there's a lot of things that sometimes make a lot of noise, but then you know never actually yeah. show up. It's like movies you hear about they're going to make, and then nobody ever actually makes them. Mm-hmm. Um, but does the the bar have any particular legislative priorities this year? You know, uh, our one of the big things we'll be looking at is, and it's something that we've been looking at for for a number of years, um, is part of this justice reinvestment um, and. Uh, the state has done a number of reforms on 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 where the bar should be going, and as, you know, as particularly as it relates to criminal offenses. And this year, there the legislature will have a particular emphasis on juvenile justice and making sure that kids who uh, make mistakes are not put into the system, and you know, where it makes sense to get them home, and um, you know, kind of reform there. Uh, there's been a, a, a working group of a couple of legislators um, and the courts and the governor's office, and they should have a package that comes out this time. And so this is something we would be supportive of. Um, but with the bar, you know, a lot of it is, you know, because our primary regulatory or regulator is, is the courts, you know, it's, it's a lot of defensive work, really. Um, and making sure that shutting um, things down that well, are that are, that are <laughs> it's like, oh gee that sounds like a horrible idea let's try and kill that I mean, is that kind of what we're what I, you mean it, when you th- say de- defensive work? I, I think that it's not it's not unique to the bar but uh, you know legislators have uh, a lot of ideas and some of them are really good ideas and some of them need more time and uh, You're very kind. <laughs> so, that's a very kind way to put it okay. Um, and and so so you know it it really depends, um, but yeah, I, I guess that would be defensive, uh, would be trying to kill bills or amend bills or make them make them so that they make sense. You know, sometimes we don't know, right? I mean, uh, legislators do a pretty good job. Um, most legislators do a really good job in terms of getting you know, I'm running a bill on X topic. Who are the stakeholders that are going to care, and um, and bringing us in so that we can um, we can help craft policy in a way that makes sense. How many, how many, I mean, you may not know this off the top of your head. I certainly don't. How many attorneys do we have in the legislature? So actually we're, there was an interesting article in the wall street journal just this week about how in Kansas, um, they have some committees where it requires, um, a, a member of the Kansas bar to, to serve on them. And Kansas for the first time since it became a territory doesn't have a, senator who is a member of the bar and and in utah we actually uh there uh, you know i i don't have any 
stats to back this up, but my dad, who's been practicing, you know, has been practicing for 30 plus years, says we're way down in terms of the number of uh, attorneys that we have in the Senate. We have three. I can, I know that. Um, we have Todd Weiler, and we have Lyle Hilliard from from Logan, and then we have Janie Iwamoto. And Janie is actually licensed in California. I don't think she's even licensed in the state of Utah. And then in the House, we probably have 10 or 11, but we're down there too. I know we lost a couple. Um, the Judiciary Committees in both houses are chaired by lawyers. So we'll have Todd Weiler, who is a new chair in the Judiciary Committee, and Mike McKell, who is a, a personal injury lawyer from Spanish Fork, who's the new chair um, in the House. And um, but we probably, I think there's probably 11 or so total between the, between the two chambers. And do you feel like with the lawyers that are on, that are in the legislator, legislature, excuse me, mm-hmm. Um, do you, you get good cooperation, communication with the bar and with its arms, or is there an antagonism there, or, or what, what's the relationship like? I think uh, they certainly understand where we're coming from, for the most part. Um, but they are, they're all independent, and some of them, um, you know, over the years, there are, there are legislators who have been really helpful to the bar and the judiciary. You know, um, Senator Hilliard in, is, is a great example of that, who has been, you know, a big friend of, um, you know, the judiciary, getting new, new justice, you know, getting seats for, for new judges. And, you know, but there are some who have differences of opinion with the bar and have, um, and, uh, yeah, it's not necessarily that they're antagonistic towards the bar, but, you know, they... They don't always agree with us, but they are, um, you know, they are pretty much uh, the first stop. The reason being is they know, they know who we are. They know why we make our positions the way we make them. And, um, and you know, they are always a good resource, even when we disagree. Okay. I mean, do you feel like there's good communication there or, I mean, it's sometimes they, they, they like to surprise you or what's the... We could always do better with, you know, the communication we have with, with members. Um, but something we are trying to do a better job with, um, you know, we've, we've done a lot of outreach to, to members of the bar um, who are legislators over the past couple of years to try and not necessarily build bridges because um, the bar's had great representation over the years, um, but to just say, hey, you know, we want to be able to be a resource and um, I think one of the it's not necessarily an issue, but um, you know we want to be an ish, a resource, but understand we are constrained by by the courts on where we can and can't be helpful. And I think that that is kind of the big issue with legislators is who are who are attorneys and they come up and they say, hey, you know, I've got a great issue. I would love the bar to take a position on this. And you say, okay, you know, we've got we've got the five hooks, mm-hmm. and which one does it fit in? And it doesn't really fit in any of them all that well. And you say, you know, so we, you know, there's at that point, there's there's just not that much we can do. Right. Um, and, but, uh, for the most part, I think having lawyers in the legislature is a good thing, and and somewhere somewhere where we'll continue to rely. And now we're just going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsor, the law offices of Gabriel K. White. The Law Offices of Gabriel K. White provides extraordinary service for a reasonable fee. Other personal injury law firms will take a third of your recovery, even if they don't do any work to settle your case. The Law Offices of Gabriel K. White doesn't operate that way. Our fees depend on our risk, which means that we charge you less if your case settles sooner. Any new injured clients will only have to pay a 25% fee if we settle or resolve the case without filing a complaint or other paperwork with a court, arbitration, or other panel. Compared with what other personal injury law firms charge, that's a savings of over $8,300 on a $100,000 case. Why pay more? If you have been injured in an accident, call the law offices of Gabriel K. White at 801-810-9491. And now we're back and we're going to talk with Steve about a complicated issue for all of us um, and something that's probably even more complicated for lobbyists, which is 
How do they go about clearing conflicts? How do they deal with the inevitable result of, of advocating different positions for different clients? And Steve has some very interesting answers for how they handle that problem. So um, take a listen. Now, let me ask you something that comes up, and I think that, you know, attorney listeners to this podcast are going to be curious about this. In a law firm where, you know, would you say your primary business is lobbying in your in your firm? We're a government relations law firm. Yeah. Right. Okay. So how do you manage how do you manage conflicts in that scenario? Because obviously, whenever I get a new client, mm-hmm. I have to run them through my conflict check program to make sure that, you know, obviously make sure that I'm not representing somebody on the other side, but also sure. to take a look and see, well, you know, am I am I representing somebody trying to do something antithetical to what, you know, um, am I am I representing one person in a neighborhood who's trying to Change, get rid of some regulation and another person in the neighborhood who's trying to uphold it. Mm-hmm. How do you, what's the process you guys go through to manage those conflicts? I mean, um, when, a, when a client approaches, a potential new client approaches us, right, I mean, that's something we take really seriously, right? I mean, not only um, issues that we have, you know, there may be a client who pr- approaches us and says, hey, I've got to do X bill this year. Um, and we look at him and we say, hey, you know, you're uh, this, you know, we would love to be able to help you with that. And you, you and you kind of get a feeling, OK, I know who you are and this is the bill you want this year. But this may be the you know, next year you may want X bill. And you kind of know right where a client and that, that this could present an issue with some other. And I think that most, you know, most people, most lobbyists do a good job about uh keeping conflicts. And I think that we as a firm and, and the other lawyers who are lobbyists, they tend to be a little bit more careful on avoiding the clients where we're going to have an issue. But, uh, you know, I mean, but it, we don't have, we don't have particular, it, it's, you kind of have to, you kind of have to guess where a client, you know, it's not a, it's not a one time, you know, you've got your, you get retained for X issue and then it's done. I mean, you know, for the most part, our, our clients who we've had, we've had for, for you know, sometimes decades, and um, and you kind of learn. Okay, what what are the issues? Where can we be? Um, where can we go for for business? Because it seems like it seems like with a client like I mean, you can probably see where I'm going with this. Yeah. It seems like a client like the bar. Mm-hmm. I mean, almost every bill that comes up in the legislature is gonna impact some subset. Yeah. Of the bar. And obviously you've got these five or these seven. Uh, what is however it? many there are. Yeah, I don't know. The, yeah. the hooks. Let's call them the hooks where, where you can the bar can get involved officially. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, it seems like almost every client that you have is going to be asking you to, to exert influence on their behalf on an issue that's going to impact positively or negatively some member of the bar. And, yeah. And I know that a, a lot of what you guys do is is informational yeah and and that's probably not a problem but you know there there obviously is you know if it was just an information surface people wouldn't hire you guys because they could just get that off the web so you know or some of it at least well yeah i mean legislators they they deal with thousands of bills every session there will always be a place for lobbyists because you know you just can't but how do you do how do you manage that conflict where you've got you know potential conflicts where you've got you you know, somebody, some company comes to you and says, you know, we want to, we want you to make Utah a more, you know, an example you raised. We want you to make Utah a more uh, business-friendly environment by, uh, to, to the tech industry, by yeah. doing away with non-compete clauses mm-hmm. or by strengthening non-compete clauses yeah. in Utah. And you know that, you know, one of your other clients, the bar, is going to have a huge number of people that are going to have opinions on one side of that or the other. Yeah. I mean, are there, you know, are there waivers that you deal with, or do you send out and say, "Hey, we're going to be doing this just so you know," or, or how how does yeah. that get managed? I think that the the scope of the bar's advocacy is limited in such a way that that's actually, you know, right. I mean, the, the, even the example you give, the bar didn't take a position and wouldn't right. take a position on that. Sure. Um, so, it, so it makes it so that where we do have 
and, and every client who we represented, right, we either had clients who um, who were on one side of that issue or who were on no side of that issue, right? Um, and I would say the bar would be one of the clients who, who was on no side of that issue. Um, and so I think that, that that deals with it to the most part, right? Um, and yeah, we, all of our clients know who all of our clients are. We do it, you know, we kind of send that out. We also send to the, to the legislature, um, a list of who all of our clients are just to try, you know, hope it's, it's really to help them know, you know, when we come up to talk to you, this is, you know, it's, it's going to be one of these people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we try in every meeting and say, you know, I'm here on behalf of X and here's, here's the issue. But, um, you know, the, the bar, I agree that they have, you know, you're going to have clients, you're going to have members of the bar who have, are on every side of every issue. And, and how do you handle, so, so when a conflict does come up yeah. and you have one client and let's not even, let's take the bar out of it for yeah. a second, but you have one client who comes to you and says, you know, say two long existing clients and they say, Hey, I want you to lobby on behalf of this bill. Yeah. And in another meeting, you know, somebody meets with Frank and says, hey, I want you to lobby against that particular yeah. bill. And then you guys have your meeting and realize, uh-oh, yeah. you know, we've got this. What's the, what's the, how, how does that get handled? So where it's foreseeable and we know it's going to be an issue, you know, we'll, we'll figure out which client, you know, there are times where, uh, or if we, we, we have an existing relationship and we know, and then we have a client who comes in and they want something and, and we say, well, there's going to be a conflict here. And they say, okay, you can represent us just not on that issue. Right. And then that makes it and that happens. Uh, that happens. Um, in which case you say, you know, this is an issue and I'm here on behalf of Blue Cross, um, even though you have a, uh, you know, we may do some work for a pharmacy benefit manager. And for the most part, their issues are aligned. Uh, but where they where they diverge, uh, you know, we're going to you say, I, I'm not here to talk about this issue. I'm here to talk about this. I, other issue. I'm here with. Yeah. Yeah. OK. And uh, and there are times when when those are foreseeable and you just say I'm out. Right. I mean, um, and you can't because presumably, even if you even if you're able to say, look, I'm here on behalf of this client, not that one, or I'm here on behalf of this issue. I mean, it's a relationship business, right? I mean, you're able to continue because in this business, because you guys have built up relationships, you've built up, um, you know, with legislators, with, you know, and a brand and, and Presumably, when you walk into somebody's office, there's no way for you to realistically shake off that and say, "Well, I'm I'm here to talk about the one issue, but not the other issue." Yeah, because your very presence yeah. there may, you know, lean mm-hmm. some weight. And the fact that the legislature knows you represent X Y Z company, even if you're yeah. not there at that time, how? I mean, it, it seems yeah, like it would yeah. come up a lot. It, but it. it the, really, the way you kind of build a client base in a way that it doesn't, though, right? I mean, um, how do you do that? Well, for example, you know, we have as a firm, we have a real strong expertise in healthcare. We do a lot in financial services. Uh, you know, we do um, we do a lot in in bank. You know, uh, I said I guess financial services. I go straight to banking. Um, you know, we we do work for Union Pacific Railroad, and you kind of so you know we know. We're never going to be able to do work for the truckers, right? Because we've got we've got the railroad, and you just and teamsters are out of luck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, and it, it it honestly doesn't come up as much as you might think. Really? Um, okay. Yeah. There's, which is not to say that it never happens, but you know it does happen. And but where where it does, typically you say, you know, I can't, we can't, we can't work on this issue, and and you know the client will. Sometimes they'll find someone else or they'll find a way to work around it or that, you know, there are a number of different ways that you can kind of work around it. Yeah, you have to be more creative and there are relationships and um, but, uh, you know, so uh, there's one example is, you know, we represent uh, Google and um, and until about five years ago, our firm also represented Comcast and. You know, we had a great relationship with Comcast, but when uh, Google purchased uh, iProvo, right? You know, we had to say we had to pick one, and um, and it's a lot like uh, it, the it, old Mad Men episodes yeah. where they said, "Well, we, you know, we already have an automotive client. Yeah, yeah we have to decide. Yeah, and yeah. 
and you know, and they and they had to pick one, and, and they the same with them, right? They had to they had to pick us. You know, was, was, are we going to stick with these guys? Or are we going to go somewhere else? And um, and and so, you know, we we no longer work for Comcast, but we have a great relationship, and they've got fantastic uh, lobbyists that work for them now, and 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 their director of government relations is a, you know, is a great lobbyist, um, but. You know, we 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 brought that up, right? I mean, we knew the call was going to come, and we just said, "Hey, look, you know, we got to figure out a way to either either we're not going to be able to work on an issue, or we're going to have to we're going to have to cut ties with someone. So let's figure out how to make that work." Very interesting. Um, tell me a little bit about how the and I mean, we talked a lot about the the informational side. How does the influence side of it work? And I mean, I. I don't want to make it sound like I think that that's kind of the dirty side of the business. I, I think that this is the public perception sure. with lobbyists, but I don't think so. I mean, obviously, it, it you know I uh, in a in a past life it feels like almost I interned in Senator Hatch's office and I got to see. I mean, the process of government is very complicated, and it is useful mm-hmm. to have people there who are experts in a particular issue and and you know can can advocate on one side or the other um, but how does the process um, of advocating on a particular issue whether it's for the bar or for one of your clients how does that actually work I mean is it presentations with particular legislators is it is it you know counting up votes and knowing where people stand on particular issues and, and putting together coalitions yeah. or I mean, what, what, what is it that you guys do to All convince of the above, them? Right? Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, obviously the, the job wouldn't work without relationships, you know, and, and that's something that we work hard on. But um, and, and every lobbying group has different ways that, you know, kind of and, and one of the things that we really concentrate on as a firm and that we work hard on is is um, a we're very we try our we try our best to be the most professional group up there you know um most lobbyists are not attorneys i think that that helps us right i mean it, it brings a uh an exp, you know we when when we talk about a potential change to a bill um or something right i mean we can bring a, an expertise we can draft a, you know we can help draft a, an amendment or a change to a bill on the fly um and you know our clients give us probably more latitude because we have that skill set that a lot of a lot of groups don't have. Um, so. I mean, but is it is it you know, hey, uh, Senator so and so, I'd like to take you to lunch and we can sit down and talk about some potential amendments to your bill, or is it no, like we'd I'm, like to invite you to a meeting at the office or at your office, or I mean, what is the yeah. the mechanics of it? Yeah, I mean, typically we don't uh, we don't try to mix you know like a social interaction with a with a with a business interaction, okay. um, and then and legislators don't. Like you know, well, and I and uh, I and I and I, I see the look on your face is is there's a little distasteful. I'll, I'll tell you, like that, you know, if if I were looking to woo a new client, you know, I wouldn't see anything wrong with taking them, taking them to dinner and no, having well, a social look, component. But yeah, maybe lobbying no, no, is no, let different. me. Yeah, there's part. I mean, part of it is we have a part-time legislature, legislature, right? I mean, they right. all have they all have jobs, sure. and so yes, of course. You know, there are times when we go out, we'll have a meal, and we'll talk about an issue. Right. But uh, you know, but the legislature has made clear if there are, you know, I, I, and I guess where it gets complicated maybe is if there is if there's a campaign donation or anything like that. Okay. Everything would be, you know, things I are see. off the table there. Okay. Um, but yeah, look, if I if I'm gonna if I'm gonna ask a guy to drive up somewhere and meet with the client and talk about an issue, and uh, you know. It, yeah, we may take them to lunch, right? I mean, sure. that's not a um, because I look at that. These guys, these guys are busy people. They're taking time as sure. part of their public service, and yeah, I don't, I, I don't see a problem with that at all. And sure. I, I didn't mean to grimace. No, uh, I just, I, I saw no. the, the the pain look, and I thought, I thought maybe something's different in this world that is different from my world. No, so I figured I'd no, ask, no. There, but... are, you know, there are plenty of. So I guess I, I, I probably was, I probably went too far on saying, you know, there are no social interactions where we talk business. There are plenty of social interactions. There aren't, um, I guess I automatically think that people think that we're going towards, you know, this is a campaign check and an issue check. Right? Oh, and, and that's, yeah. That's, and that's the separation between the two. I mean, there's obviously there's, 
there, I mean, I'm assuming, I'm not an expert in, in government ethics because my practice doesn't, doesn't sure. touch on that area. And, um, you know, as you and, and lawyers will know, we, we tend to specialize quite a bit. I mean, are there specific ethical uh, rules or guidelines in Utah that govern, you know, what you guys can and can't do, um, yeah. what, what divisions there are between, you know, like like you said, like campaign and lobbying. I mean, how does that work? I think that, that that's a, um, I don't, that's, that's just a good practice, right? I mean, um, there are times, right, when the legislature's in session, there, there are no, uh, fundraising is, is not permitted. Okay. Um, and, and so, um, or if there's a, a special session, you know, you're, there's no, so on, on Wednesdays when the legislature meets during the summer, um, you know, there aren't, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have a campaigning that way would be impermissible. Sure. Um, so there's, there's, but I think that, um, the legislature has counsel and I think they've given, they've given guidance and it's, it's good guidance, right? That, you know, don't, uh, don't talk issues, um, when you're when you're exchanging checks on on with that and and that's that's i think as far as it needs to go right i mean if they were to codify it wouldn't change anyone's practices so um, okay so i mean do you guys do you guys just completely and and i apologize i have a a bit of an ignorance about the about the whole process which is why so many questions about this um i uh i mean do you guys have a I mean, do you guys do you guys do whenever in, in the proper time or season or way or however yeah. it is? Do you guys do campaign stuff or do you guys make com- campaign contributions? Sure. Or how does that the bar, work? So I should say the bar does not uh, contribute. Um, you know, there are trade associations, you know, the realtors and other groups that um, have PACs and make contributions. And I don't think there, I don't think there would be anything wrong with if the bar were to choose to do that. Um, sure. If it were, volu- you know, if members voluntarily This chose. is America. Yeah. I mean, yeah well, sure. and I, I don't think it, yeah, obviously it would be uh, if members chose, right? I mean, this would right. um, not, not um, you know, and there are other unions, right, who, who do get money and, and that's, you know, in, involuntarily, right? I mean, uh, there are you know, Supreme Court cases on all of this. But does does that does that involve? Um, I mean, when when those contributions are made, does that involve the lobbyists at all, or is it a, a, a is it something if you know one of your clients said, "Hey, we need to make con- can you make this contribution? You know, deliver this check for us." Would yeah. you guys say, "Hey, you guys need to ha- do that yourselves, or have somebody else do it, or is it some is that part of what you do?" We give campaign checks. Yeah, I mean, there, we have clients where we give campaign checks. We have clients that send checks that, that donate checks directly, and and you know, and then a lot of legislators, um, you know, if they throw a fundraiser, right? I mean. Um, those checks will get collected at the door, right? I mean, they're throwing, you know, it's a, it's a way for people to, to mingle and, and um, without, and they have no idea who's giving money from, from whom, and it's all handled by a, by a professional. Okay. Yeah. I mean, do you guys ever throw campaign events on behalf of particular legislators or things like that, or is that Sure, yeah, of- we'll help with, I mean, we help with campaigns, we'll help with legislate, with, with legislators uh, on, on fundraising things, and, um, you know, a lot of them know how to do that themselves and, um, you know, some, and, and there are legislators who, uh, who take campaign donations. There are legislators who say, you know, look, I never have a competitive, you know, I, I appreciate, uh, that X client wants to give money my, my race is rarely competitive or I've, you know, I've made a decision. I just want to take personal dollars and, 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 or dollars from my district or whatever. And, you know, so thanks, but no thanks. And then, you know. So that is part of, and I mean, I, I did do a little bit of background research and some of it looks like, and I, I don't know the divisions or how it works, but it looks like you guys do get sometimes retained specifically by campaigns to do specific tasks, to either advise the campaign or to work on the campaign. And how does that work vis-a-vis the lobbying business? So, uh, I mean, there are a number of lobbyists or people in the process, right? I mean, or who, who help with campaigns. Um, it's typically, it's, I wouldn't say it's not coordinated by our clients, but um, yeah, if, there is a, if there's a, a candidate or an office holder who does a good job and in and, and my personal time, I'm, you know, I'll, I'll go knock doors or, you know, 
make right. phone calls, put out yard signs. Um, but I mean, your firm sometimes is retained by you know, I, and I, I apologize. I, I, no. If I get this wrong, you can correct me. Um, I, um, I, I believe your firm might have been re- retained by the governor's office to help with his reelection campaign. But well, you know, we we supported the governor in his reelection, but we weren't officially retained. Oh, right? no, okay. my, my, right. my dad uh, was was a co-chair of the campaign. That must uh, have been what yeah, it was. Certain, okay. Yes, yeah, and and um, you know that was a it's not a compensated position, but uh, you know he's he we're proud to support the governor in his reelection, and um, and. You know, my dad in particular has been involved in politics for 30 plus years and, sure. you know, and, and in campaigns uh, played an advisory role, you know, but that was it wasn't a compensated position. Yeah. Well, and, and you guys have a very polit- I mean, you, you, your family, your family has a long history in politics. I, I took poli sci classes with your sister sure. up at Utah okay. State a yeah. long time ago. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. You can't, uh, you know, you can't, I, you can't really divorce the two. I'm, right? I'm, I'm sorry for the state, but I guess yeah. we're around. So. <laughs> no, it's fair enough. I think it's a credit to the state. Um, let me ask you. So, what's what's your daily life during like during the legislative session? I mean, yeah, I've, I've always I've always felt like when people ask me, well, what's it like being a lawyer? Um, you know, you can either give them the you know, well, you get to you give them the highlights, like you get to stand up in court and do yeah. this, or do you tell them, well, I wake up in the morning and I go in and I answer these phone calls and then I write this yeah. memo. Yeah. What's what's it like? What's the day to day like being a lobbyist during the legislative session? So I would think. I mean, I've never I've never been a trial lawyer, but I would think that a, the legislative session is like a seven week trial. Okay. <laughs> like, um, so you you know it, it's a it's a marathon and a sprint. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's grueling. We're up there. You know, committee hearings start at eight. We're always up there before then, and and go till whenever. Um, you know, we're throughout the day, we're going and seeing, you know, what bills are coming out, we're communicating. But, you know, the nature of our practice is actually, it's a lot of fun because, you know, we have you know, 30 to 40 clients or, and, and, and so, you know, throughout the course of the day, we'll be working on a, you know, a dozen or so, maybe even more issues will be spread across a number of different hearings. Um, we're talking to legislators, you know, between those and, and, and so it's, you know, it's the funnest time of the year. It's exhausting. Um, it's frustrating and it's all, you know, it's, it's all of the above. Right. I mean, but, um, what time, what time do you typically get up during, uh, on a a work day during the legislative session? I get, I mean, so I drop off my kit, my day, our daycare opens at seven. So I try, so, so we're like, we're, we're like trying to like wane our kid, like wake him up. He's a good sleeper. Like wake him up earlier. So he's two, one kid, kid, two, two two years years old. old. And, um, and so I'll probably drop him off a little bit after seven and then come up to the Capitol. And then, um, and then our daycare closes at six. And so my wife will probably pick him up. So, and, and then what, what time um, on an average night? What time? It, you, you know, get? it really depends. You know, the first weeks of the session, it's not that they're uh, like every. Is it? Is like it? Everybody is procrastinates it a big at the beginning the end, and right? at the end. So I, I think everybody procrastinates, okay. right? I mean, that's that's human nature. At least I and um, and so the last you know two weeks are, uh, you know, there always be nights where they'll go late. Um, you know, they I mean they end at midnight on that that last night of the session. Um, and it depends. Some years it's kind of a lot of ceremonial stuff. You know, their bills they've been tweaked, and you know, you know, and the but you know, last year you had you know Rocky Mountain Power had a their step bill, and you know, and it died, and then it was resurrected and passed. You know, the last minute, and we had a bill that we were trying to get through a tax credit bill. At the very, you know, on that, and you know, it passed at like eleven fifty, um, and. Uh, so those last weeks are, are you know, and they're, they are, they're U- and Utah um, states typically have um, kind of around us, and I guess it's not typical, but a lot of states will have either um, a budget year and then a non-budget year. So they'll have a short session and a long session where they kind of do policy stuff mostly one year and they do a mixture of budget and policy the next year. Um, and that's Utah used to be that way. Um, or Nevada meets biannually. They do everything just this year, and then they go off. You know, they have a 120-day session. And they don't meet uh, the next year. Um, so 
so we've got to finalize our budget as well, right? Which is a, you know, it's a $14 billion budget for the state. And um, all those decisions have to be made again. And this year with the, with the initiative, it's going to be uh, that would potentially raise income taxes. I think that budget will be a, a particularly interesting discussion. Um, but, you know, and then early on you kind of have um, more appropriate. So you have, I guess I'm, I don't, know how yeah, long, I don't know how into the details you want me to get. <laughs> yes, get uh, into the weeds. Go uh, ahead. You know, you have uh, the first couple of weeks, you have a, appropriations subcommittees on the major topics, public education. Is, I will say this is an area that a lot of people find interesting or seem to find interesting because yeah. they talk about it, but nobody has any understanding about it other than the people who are involved in it and from what we see portrayed sure. on House of Cards. So, go, so, yeah. so you know, I, you're telling me it doesn't involve murdering a lot of prostitutes. No, no. That's what you're yeah, telling no me. No subway deaths. No subway yeah, deaths. Yeah. None of that stuff. I wish. Spoiler no, alert. This is, uh, yes, but, yeah. Someone, someone dies. So... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's okay. Um, if they yeah, haven't seen it, if they haven't seen it by now, yes, yes, I, yeah, I got no sympathy. Yeah. yeah. Um, so early on, yeah, you have. So I should say you have interims, which meet during the summer and fall and winter, um, and and a bill that can work its way through that process and receive a favorable vote um, can skip uh, a committee hearing and go up. And so typically in the first three days you have, um, when you have the Senate and House meeting, they will be voting on bills that were well vetted during the summertime and got favorable recommendations and went through. It's not that they're not controversial, you know, but for the most part, they've, the consensus has been had. And, um, and so you've got all of, com- they're called committee bills. And um, I guess in just the other thing, so every bill, except for unless the rules are waived in the last week of session, uh, gets a hearing in both the Senate and the House. So you have a, and, and in the Senate, it's voted on twice. So in terms of process, if you have an issue with a bill or if you'd like to make a bill better, you know, there are plenty of opportunities for, for a typical person to come in and, and, and influence the process. Um, and then on those first weeks, you'll have standing committees that meet and they, and on, on subjects and they meet throughout the, the year. But the first, uh, the first weeks, you also have appropriation subcommittees on your major topics, public ed, higher ed, uh, social services, economic development, uh, infrastructure and general government. And I think that's, I think that's the only, I think those are the standing committees that meet. If there's a legislator that happens to be listening to this. We, won't, committee, we won't hold you to yes. it. Um, and they will go through and they have, they'll have a base budget, which is typically, you know, close to what they had last year. And then there's a mixture of ongoing money, which the base budget is based off of, and then one-time funds. And they'll go through and they'll prioritize, um, you know, on existing revenues if they're going to continue to prioritize that. And then on one-time revenues, you know, where they should go. And so those, uh, you know, the, the Public Ed Appropriations Committee will make its recommendations and then... Uh, the Executive Appropriations Committee will meet later, and they'll take all of the recommendations from from those and jumble them together and come up with a budget. And uh, you know, and then kind of as part of the other background is the governor presents a budget in December, um, which you know to to varying degrees serves as a as a blueprint and a template for the legislature to to follow. Um, and so you have, you know, the, the governor does his budget process and the legislature looks at that and then they have their budget process. And then at the end you have, you know, usually that last week, um, either the kind of the, the last, the second to last week or very, very early in the first week, the, the budget will be finalized. And then there'll be, you know, a few million dollars here and around where they'll tinker with around the edges on those last days. Just a few little 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 chunks of change to Yes, I I, to I, I don't mean to say that a million dollars isn't a lot of money. I'm but just, I'm you'll just get teasing. you'll get projections and things like that. I'm just change. giving you a hard time. So you know, if 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 our client doesn't get funded, we'll be we'll be saying, Oh, you know, X issue, you know, like we're really important and I don't care where you take it from, but just, yeah, find yeah, us make some sure, money. please find us some money. Um so getting through that, you talked about how you know it's a lot like a seven-week trial, and we are the trial lawyer podcast. So getting through that session, do you have any specific um, more? A lot of I find a lot of very busy people, a lot of very intense people, which I, I imagine you know in, in trial law we have a lot of very intense yeah. people. I imagine in lobbying you probably do too. Sure. Um, do you have any particular morning rituals that help you get through that? 
I mean, things that you do every morning to help you stay focused and stay, you know, and get ready for the day that, that could be maybe of use to the listeners who are facing a seven-week trial. You know, I am not, you know, I don't turn on like a, like ACDC or something and like, you know, get pumped up on a song as I'm driving into the cab. But, you know, one the biggest thing for us is, you know, I'll, you've, you've alluded to it a number of times is information, right? And so... I mean, I start every day reading Cornflakes from the from the Tribune and Utah Policy, uh, their daily email, so that I know I'm not you know I, I, so I'm not surprised there, and um, but and so those as much as I have a ritual, it's the first and, and my wife probably hates it. I wake up and I'm on my phone and it's dark and I'm looking and squinting and I'm you know and I'm saying okay what hap- what's happening in the world right now since you know from midnight went to, when I went to bed or whatever to you know. 5.30 or 6 or whenever we're waking up, right? So um, that's, but no, I'm, so a lot of I'm not a, I don't have the, um, you're not a get pumped I'm not up or a superstitious, go do, go do uh, some, go, go for a run or meditate. None of that I stuff. I don't No, Not during, just, <laughs> during just the, run, during run, the session. Run, run, run. It's, yeah. I'm just going just through. Go, 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 yeah. go, go. Yeah. Okay. So I always, I, I have, that. I have my first of the session suits and I have my end of the session suits that like are a little bigger and they fit a little better. <laughs> and like, you know, it's like, you know, after breakfasts and dinners and lunches out, you know, you kind of yeah. like, and you're just, tired and yeah so but yeah but no yeah i, no. I don't really I, maybe i should fair um, enough fair enough um well it, it, if you were to say just to cl- kind of you know we're running out of time here but just to close up if you were to say to the average utah lawyer mm-hmm. how uh, you know especially trial lawyers that are interested in some of the things that you you know some of these areas particularly that the bar that you do get involved in, yeah. with the budget, like access to justice issues or um, administration of the court, the court rules obviously govern pretty much every aspect of my life. Yeah. Um, how would you advise your average trial lawyer to to get involved and to to make a make a difference in an area that is important to them and their practice and their clients? Yeah. Well, the first is, you know, I think I'd always encourage them to run for office if they ever are interested in serving in that capacity. In case they in case they happen to be masochistic or, yeah, or have right. a, a well, glutton for they're, punishment. They're attorneys. So, they, so they, we know the answer to that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, there are, there are some ways – to, to get it, you know, part is I think it's good to go to your caucus or to otherwise get involved. Or if you haven't, you know, maybe if you're not comfortable doing that, uh, at least having a relationship with your legislator. I mean, I think the one thing is they are normal people who live in your neighborhood and Utah is a small state and, you know, legislators are accessible for them. I mean, especially if they're your legislator, they're accessible, right? I mean, that's how they stay elected. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd say get to know your legislator first. Um, and the other thing is if you have an issue that you want to get involved in, there are things that, you know, a well-organized group of people will always beat a lobbying organization, right? I mean, uh, you, the most, some of the most powerful people, I, you know, the way, where I look at this is, you know, Gail Ruzica is not a paid lobbyist. She has no campaign funds that she gives out, um, but she, is, she shows up. She's organized, and uh, she has a constituency, and 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 people listen to her because of that. And so, if you've got an issue that you care about, you know, get organized, talk to people, and make it matter to 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 a legislator. Um, I think the other really important thing to to pay attention to is that the legislature is not a trial, right? And um, legislators are not juries; they're not judges. Um, they are, it's emotional and, you know, don't sit up there and come up and argue with someone. Don't show up at a hearing and, and, and argue, you know, make, make a point, talk about it and make it matter to them. And, um, but you're, you're not going to win if you're going up there and making, uh, unless, you know, if it's a, if it's a technical change, you know, then sure you could talk about that. But, um, but these are emotional political bodies. They're not. They're not courts. It's not cerebral, right? I mean, um, a lot more like arguing to a jury than to a judge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and um, and and I think the other thing is to is that I would say is, you know, 
we have I, I we have a great legislature. We have and uh, you know even when you disagree with them on issues, and so don't make it personal. And, and I guess the one other thing is never make it personal because it's not. I mean, it may be emotional, but but don't get nasty with someone. Um, that is a, an issue that we occasionally run into, and and it's it's never helpful. Well, um, I do appreciate uh, your time. I know you're busy getting busy getting ready for the session. Thank you so very much for coming on our podcast, Steve. It's a pleasure. And thank you to all of you for listening to the Trial Lawyer Podcast once again. We really appreciate you taking the time out to listen to um, our show. And again, um, if you have comments or feedback, please Feel free to leave them in the comments section at www.saltlaketrialattorney.com. Thank you very much, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Trial Lawyer Podcast.